Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Friendly Fire. It is me, Carl Smith, and as always, my good friend and business partner, Mr. Ben Jordan. How's it going, Ben? Going great, man. How are you? I am happy because I got through that in one take. We didn't have to start over. No, no giggles. Um, no, nope. made it through, and it's been it's been very a while. serious. We, we're very serious episode. Very serious episode today, Carl. I'm gonna get a serious voice. I think, well, and that's a good one. I like your serious voice. So, you know, we've been talking about friendly fire and what we're gonna do. Uh, we we've kind of gotten to this point where. You know, we've got our business relationship down. Uh, we seem to be getting in a groove with how we work. And you wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what are we going to be doing now? So take it away, Ben. Yeah. So I think we just, it's a fun little transitional point for us where we, like you said, the business is running. We've got clients. We've hired people. Business relationship is figured out. I think we've had a few weeks since um, either of us have had to call Cilantro and get on the phone. We've had no meltdowns. Um no explosions, which is good. Um, but yeah, we're, we're moving forward to figuring out how do we actually do that thing where we help people become the best versions of themselves or we allow them to be the best versions of themselves. And so we've had some conversations, um, about kind of what my role is, what your role is. Uh, we talked about that in a couple different places and now we're executing on it and you are, you're you're making sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, man, and coming in from a culture perspective and talking to our people and making sure they're good and um, sending out surveys that don't feel like surveys, which is awesome, and just kind of getting what I would consider to be a good baseline. And we thought, you know, moving forward, we're going to – these podcasts, I think, are going to shift a little bit to what's going on now, the problems we're facing with a company that has – had the paddles applied to the chest and have, you know, we've, we've rebooted and <laughs> we brought it back to life. Um, and now that we're running a shop. So I think that the episodes are going to focus more on the problems or insights we're having as we run kind of the new version of engine works together, which is good. Um, I'm excited and I'm excited to talk about today. What is this episode 10? Is this, and we're yeah. going to call it expectations expectations. I like that. And yeah, so that is the role I've kind of fallen into. Um, a good friend recently asked me why I was online at 10. He goes, the king of culture doesn't start work at 10. He starts at 11. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, nice. Okay. Thank you. That's so that's what we're saying. Here. <laughs> um, no, it's been fun. And, and I, I appreciate the compliment about the surveys, not feeling like surveys, you know, the, what they are is just trying to understand at a deeper level where people are. And it's all based on conversations that we're having. So I know it's things that people are interested in. And what we're finding is that we're really doing pretty good overall. Um, but there are a couple of issues, you know, where they're just things that could be better. And, and one of the first surveys that went out was just kind of about communicating, like, I'd done a, a blog post um, called the uh, a Foundation of Communication or something like that. And it was just saying that we know the number one issue in most companies is poor communication. And that happens between clients and the team. It happens inside the team. It happens with the organization itself and the people that work there. And so the, the fun thing has also been sharing these posts with the team before putting them out there and getting their feedback on it. And it's become a nice communication loop where we're sharing externally and internally and, and everything's getting used that way. But the, the first survey that went out was based on communication. 
and we scored pretty high. Um, we found out that people felt it was okay to make a mistake, right? They, they, there was patience in the company. Um, clarity was pretty good. Most people knew what was going on. It rated pretty high. Consistency was good. We weren't changing things all the time. Um, availability, inclusiveness. There, there were all these things where people felt really good about the company. There was one topic that was asked about that scored really bad. In fact, uh, with one outlier, it was either okay or meh were the uh, <laughs> two places where everything <laughs> landed. Luckily, no horribles. Yeah. Uh, but about 90% landed right there, like in the middle, and that was expectations. People didn't know what to expect. Yeah, and it's, 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 uh, this is the fun part of surveys, right? Of like the difference between meh and horrible. Either way, it was bad. Um, but it's like the level of bad. And I think what I liked about it and what I like about what we're trying to do is engage on a personal level and engage on how do you feel about these things and being at some of these other companies and the, you know, work history experience I have and talking to friends at other shops. And, you know, a lot of times when you're being asked questions, they're, they're kind of boilerplate and it's, it's kind of why to a certain degree, I hate the net promoter thing because people know what it is now. And so it's, you know, I like that these are asking like actual hard questions. Like, Hey, do you feel like things that are clear? And what's, what's also interesting about it is uh friendly fire is serving our employees, the people who work with us, like our team, uh, as much as it is people who aren't here. And I think that's really cool and important. And uh, I, it was interesting and funny and kind of encouraging to see everyone I think was like, well, yeah, I mean, I know what's going on through our weekly team meetings in friendly fire. <laughs> You're like, well, yeah, I mean, we did. People said that, um, and this was in the survey responses. They said, well, between our conversations, the team meetings, friendly fire and the blog posts, I feel like I know where everybody's head is at, but not necessarily the expectations, just kind of the overarching direction and, and vision and that sort of stuff, but not what's expected of me and what's expected of my teammates and what's expected of the company. Which is really good. I think expectations is an interesting one. And um, I think what's interesting about it is of all the ones that you said, kind of clarity and everything else, I think expectations is, is a, is a two way street, right? It's um, it's owned by us and we can definitely set some things better. And we've already talked about some of those and how we're doing those. But I think it's also understanding what people's expectations are and adjusting them. And so some of the other ones like, what were some of the topics in there? They felt very much like, how are we doing? Like, how's the company addressing this for you? Expectation feels more like one of how are we doing together? Um, it's still how we engage them. It's still that it's still part of like, we own that, but I love that the one that needs some work is the one that will make everyone better. Like finding out where people are, finding out what people's expectations are. Knocking and, over and your if drink. You saw the, <laughs> if you saw the other areas that didn't rate out like, really high, they're related to expectations like responsibility, right? Responsibility overall rated, you know, between okay and good. And most, most people were good. There was a grade in there, right? So, so it's like they were towards the high end of the scale, but it was overall a little bit lower. And that's because it's hard to be responsible if you're not sure what's expected, right? So, so there was this, and that, that was one of the things I got out of this was just looking at it and understanding, wow, okay, expectations is pivotal, right? It, it is going to be just so important as we move forward to make sure that we're not only setting them and setting them where people can believe in them and accept them, but also 
consistently talking about them and, and managing them. And, and that was one of the things that I've done over the past couple of weeks after getting this information was kind of, you know, put together a plan for how we're going to set and manage the expectations. Mm, the plan episode 11. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's a little scary because I've set an expectation that I'll be setting expectations. <laughs> two layers deep. We'll always make the inception joke. That's, that's probably the best thing that came out of the movie was everyone being like, Whoa, you went two layers deep. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think I've intuitively known that expectations is something there's things that have to be set in order for teams to be happy. Um, I think it's because I'm, I'm the type of employee, the type of teammate, the type of leader who just wants to kind of know everything. Um, wants to know what's going on, wants to know what people are thinking. Um, but the more we're missing are things like we've talked about a bunch of times that, um, you know, I'm the holder of the excellence bar. Well, there's a lot of unspoken expectations that go with that excellence bar. And so as I'm working with our design team on client work and, you know, serving right now in the role of, of kind of the executive creative director role of where I want to see work before clients potentially see it for the first time or see our work for the first time. But then beyond that, I'm not, there's no micromanagement really, but I have an expectation for how work should be presented. Um, I have an expectation for what I consider to be excellent and excellence is subjective for sure. But I think, um, I realized that every designer has a different like level of expectations when they're going to a design review or when they're walking in to present a design, they're like, Oh, well, I think that they'll be expecting to see this. And I think there's all of that. I mean, almost expectation setting is almost entirely what user experience design is, right? Like trying to anticipate what an expectation could be and meet that. Um, but that's, what's been so interesting after we've see, so we, we shared the results. We looked at them. We talked to the team about them. We told them, Hey, expectations looks like the place where we need to do some work. I've done the same thing. I've asked different people, you know, Hey, where do, where do you feel like I'm failing? Um, you guys, uh, with setting expectations and it's the, it's the more from what I've heard. And if they're being honest, which I think everyone is because we ranked high on honesty, right? Um, I'm just kidding. But it was that, what do you expect in this type of situation? What do you expect is the right way. Like what are the expectations around client presentations? What are the expectations around even Dropbox, like managing files? Like what's the right expectation there? And so that's where it goes back to, you know, do we do the little handbook again or we're, we're looking at those tactics as part of the plan, but man, you realize that, um, I think you put this in your blog post that if you're not setting the expectation, people will set them on their own, um, or they'll anticipate based on experience. And, getting those set, getting that baseline, I think is going to be most important for us so that when we get new people in, as we're growing, that designers know, Hey, this is how we present. And this is what is expected of you as a designer. And this is what's expected of you as a project manager. This is what is expected of you as a developer. Those kinds of expectations need to be set from the beginning, which I think we haven't done. We're, you know, we're scrappy. We're trying to get new work. We're getting those clients onboarded. And now it's how do we share those as we get bigger, I think is, is critical. Well, and so in anybody listening is hearing, obviously we are all over the place, right? There's so expectations is this huge monster. Um, it is how the company is going to treat 
the people that work there. It is how they're going to treat each other. It's how they're going to do their jobs. It's, it's what's expected in terms of a quality level. And that, that actually came out in some of the responses with people saying, look, I, I want to bring A plus every day, but that's really tough. And sometimes I might be bringing a, a B plus. And is that okay? Or what do we do with that? And these are conversations to have. So, so the first step, because it is such a just big monster, expectations are in every single thing that we do, every interaction, every conversation, an expectation is, is set. If it's communicated properly or not, it's still there when you walk away. And, and I think one of the big issues is the people who had the interaction may be walking away with different expectations, right? And so the, the first thing that I was looking at and that, that I shared with the team was kind of need a plan. You know, we, we need a process and, and a structure for how do we set expectations and share them and, and how do we revise them and how do we make sure that we're staying true to what we said? And this is really tough. And, and part of that is you have to have channels for feedback. Um, you have to realize that they're going to change all the time and you really need somebody to be responsible for that. And, and that's what my role is going to be is just constantly making sure that we're staying true to what we agreed to as a team. And, and part of that is presenting it like you and I getting together and thinking through, okay, based on our experience, you know, what is a good expectation, right? What is a great expectation and what is a crazy expectation and, and, and kind of finding based on what we want to do with engine and the place that we want it to be. And, and, you know, I, I stand tall with the, you know, creating a place where somebody can be the best version of themselves. I think that's an amazing, uh, that's an amazing vision for this company. So as we're setting the expectations, they all have to kind of hang off that, right? Yeah, and I think when I look at where we're setting expectations and where they've got to go in the process, I think I want to look at, um, like it's what you talked about, this collaborative contracts thing and figuring out who owns what and um, who's working and who's advising and who's, who's doing, who's doing the actual leadership of the different parts of what we do. But really for me, my takeaway has been, you know, first of all, it was hard. I don't know. It's one of these English concepts, expectations that it's really hard to like truly define like tactically. Sometimes it's like, well, everyone has a different expectation and that should be celebrated, but it's really figuring out first, um, our output, right? Where, what are, what do we do as a company? Um, and then to me, expectations help set consistency. Um, and so that was where my first focus went as the more kind of like tactical operations of, man, I want to make sure that tactically we're consistent with how we bid new work, how we start that conversation, what's expected in a first phone call with a client, what's expected to be an SOW. Um, and, and start with those, what's expected of us as workers with an engine. Right. And I think that's where you set the baseline. And then beyond that, the stuff that I, I like that I think why we make a good team in this is I want to look at process and tactics and how do we consistently do the same things and what's expected around time off, what's expected around being in the office, like just the, the practical of it. And I love that you want to focus on, and this is what I heard you saying. This is what I'm hoping was <laughs> what you said, but you're going to focus on the process of how do we continue to grow that? How do we continue to make that more, to over to use the overused term organic. How do we keep like once those are set, how do we know that we're doing them right? What are the channels where people can tell us like all of that kind of stuff that get back to refining, right? Right. Because expectations 
are critical to doing great work. Yeah. If, if people don't know what to expect, they get nervous, right? They're constantly wondering, am I doing the right thing? Are my priorities in order? You know, how is this going to happen? But when you understand the expectations and you're confident in them and, and, and you just know I am focused on the right thing, well, then you can relax a little and do, you know, really great work. And, and that's another part of this is making sure that the roles and responsibilities for the individuals are really well defined so that they can understand. And, you know, I, I would challenge any company out there that says, oh, well, we've got job descriptions and everybody knows what their job is and what they're supposed to do or whatever. You send out a simple survey and ask people what they're responsible for and you will see some disconnects without <laughs> a doubt. You're going to be like, why is, is he worrying about new business? That's not really something we had asked him about. You know why he's worrying about it? Because he probably doesn't see enough coming in. And you know what? If he's got a little bit of a passion for that and, and he's got some skills for that, then maybe it's time to change that, that role a little bit. Um, if you let somebody be closer to something that they really care about, they may do a really great job and they may fill some gaps. So, so that's another part of it is you know, just making sure we understand who is everybody and where do their passions, you know, where do they fall? Because we kind of know their skills. That's most of the reason why they came in originally, right? It's a culture fit, but they have to have the thing that we needed. And then you're like, wow, okay. And, and we've got this right now, right? With Chase. Chase wants to be part of, you know, doing new business stuff. He wants to be a part of SOWs and that kind of thing. That's brilliant. So to me, you know, it, it and, and that is where you and I are going to be, you know, looking at it from two different sides is you're absolutely going to be, you know, nailing down the process and, you know, helping. And, and obviously, you know, Chris is going to be a part of that and, and making sure that we've got this thing rolling in a direction where expectations are, are kind of just not known, but documented and, and communicated and shared. For me, it's going to be a lot more on the personal side, right? It's going to be knowing the, the expectations of us as people and as a company as well. And those expectations of how we treat each other and how we treat our clients and, and making sure that everything has that just good vibe to it. Because when, when shit gets dark, man, I don't care how talented people are. You're not going to be able to do good quality work of the kind of work that we want to do. Right. If, if people are in just really dark places, it shows through the work. I mean, you, you you've seen that, right? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, you know, you you get so busy on doing the work of the business and just, oh, we've got a client project we need to design. Everyone knows how to design. It, setting those guidelines is super important because I think like that to me feels like the first step, but that's a minimal first step. Like that to me is foundational work for the second part, which is, yeah, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do. And I've always, you know, heard and used the phrase, like let people succeed where they're successful and, um, really testing that out to make sure that just, you know, cause that's the other side of it too, is you could get real hippie about it and everyone could braid each other's hair and do what they're passionate about. But sometimes passion isn't success. I mean, look at American Idol, right? Um, the whole <laughs> people that are crazy passionate about singing, but they're obviously not that successful at it. So I think it's that, that balance. That's where the skills have to be there. Yeah, too, it's right? that balance. It's passion and skills. It's passion yeah. and skills. And so I think that's important as we communicate that and set the expectations of, I don't know, there's just all these like really wobbly, you know, things that companies say like, man, if, if you want 
you want a promotion, then start doing the job. And once you're doing it, then you get the promotion. But it's like, what if you don't even know what that job is or what, what's expected of that job or how to do that job? And so I think to me, it's, yeah, it's, let's get the framework down. Let's get the, what do we do? What do we expect of people? Um, what does it mean to have my job? And at the same time then, okay, great. Um, do you like doing your job? Like, is that where you're most successful? Is like that the most, is that the best way we can be billing your time? Um, and that, that other side of it too, setting the expectations of the off hours, the off time of setting the, like we've worked really hard intentionally not to respond to clients emails over the weekend. Right. Um, there's, there's expectations across the board everywhere. And I think when people know where they're supposed to operate, it gives them the opportunity to see things in a different light. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, to talk about engine as a company in general, that was what it opened my eyes to was, you know, when there's a failing, I always want to know why, like, why were people saying meh about expectations? And it's because we haven't really looked into how we do what engine does, like how we output what we're supposed to be outputting. Everyone likes each other. I mean, we've got a great culture of friendliness and respect and humility and people can make mistakes and they do. And they have, we all have, and we've talked about them and we've been transparent and direct about them, but there is that framework that is missing right now for sure. Like if a designer came in, I don't have anything to point toward him towards and say, this is what a successful designer looks like at engine works. This is what a successful version of you looks like here. We don't have any of that. We don't even have like the baseline this is what, I mean, we've got what time off looks like. We've got some of the like HR things, you know, <laughs> well, you know, even in, in some of the feedback, it was around things like timesheets, right? Like timesheets scare me. And, um, and you know, we've been back and forth and that's a whole nother podcast about tracking time. But so, so there are little things like that. And I think that's where understanding what the goals are and having really crazy ones yeah, is so important. Because if you know, and, and we were joking about this earlier, right? Like BHAGs is what I've heard it called, big, hairy, audacious goals. You like to call it WIGs, right? Yep. Which, what did that stand Wild, for? Wild, wildly important goals. Wildly important goals. And then, you know, stretch goals was what it used to be called. And But to me, as I look through this and I research this, and I'm like, okay, so plan, structure, and process, and ways to communicate, and everybody knows what it is they do. But until you have some crazy ass goal. We're going to call them CAGs now. Um, (laughs) until you have that goal that just seems almost unattainable, like just on the edge of it, you really don't know what you're going for. And if you understand that we're going to communicate, we're going to talk, this is your role. This is what we're going to try to accomplish. And we're just going to go for it. Once you see that point in the distance that everybody is saying, that's the goal. And you understand your portion of it then things can start to get into alignment. And and I think the most important part of the goal is that it is not easy and it is at some level time sensitive because that's what makes somebody try. If you have an easy goal, <laughs> well, I'm going to do it, but the reality is that's not going to help the company. If you have a goal where you can say and think about what this means for us, right? If, if we can close these types of clients, if we can promote this type of work, if we can get this type of exposure, if we can do this kind of great thing for our communities, you know, whatever it might be, it has to be part of a story that, that shows it lifted everybody up. 
because to me, and, and I think, I think you agree with this. It's, it's one of those things that when you actually accomplish one of those goals, you're like, damn, we can do anything. And, and you do, you need to celebrate like crazy people. If, if you accomplish one of those, but it is. And, and so for me, like a, you know, a, a big, hairy, audacious goal would be, man, we landed naughty dog. We landed the developer that I cannot tell you how much I loved crash bandicoot or how much I love the uncharted series. And if we were to land them, even to do a promotional site for some new game, that's just like a one-off thing, then that's, Personally, that would be an amazing goal, but think about what that would mean for engine. If we can suddenly say, Hey, we worked with Epic games and, you know, we did some cool stuff, but now we're working with naughty dog and, and this is the kind of work that they do. And we're just excited. And here's why it's, it's just a game changer, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, that's the thing. I read this book called the four disciplines of execution 40 X and it's a, you know, I don't know. It's a consulting thing. God bless you for reading that book. Yeah. Ben Jordan. God, <laughs> what I love about that book is read the first chapter and then you guess you can read the rest if you want, but the rest is just restating everything that was said in the first chapter. Um, but it does talk about setting these wildly important goals. And you know, the whole thing is when you first start talking about them and like I've onboarded a few teams under this idea of four disciplines of execution and you have the wildly important goal and the lag indicators and the lead indicators and it's a bunch of stupid words that you don't know what they mean right now. But the whole point is like the wildly important goal should be something like you said, that feels big, but also feels like really amazing, right? Like we want to have the kind of clients do the kind of work quickly and make the kind of profit margins we want so that we can take a team retreat to somewhere amazing. So maybe a wildly important goal for next year is I want to take the entire team uh, and their spouses to Iceland. I think that would be phenomenal, right? Let's make that be our goal. And then the the things that lead to that are, this has to be our margin. This is how much money we have to make. Like you set these other sub goals. Well, then what's expected of that? Well, what's expected of that right. is the sales goals have to be this. Our margin has to be this, which means when you're pricing a project, you put the team together, your blended rate can't be below this. And so then the decision becomes like it always like when it's leading up to something bigger than yourself, it helps you make the smaller decisions. It's this, it's this weird thing of when you have a huge goal, it truly affects the small ones. Cause like we did this at uh, the consulting firm, right? You're looking at a project. It's a cool project, but the hourly rate they want is crap. And yeah. you're like, well, do I want what I want? Do I want to go to Iceland and, you know, have an amazing trip with the team, which is what we're going to for. Or do I want to work with this brand? And it's okay to do both. But then you know, okay, we're now at a deficit. And this is where we talked about measuring and all those other things of saying, okay, well, we, we did that project. It's phenomenal. It's worth it. But we need to actually now for the rest of the year, we have to bump our margin just a little bit. And so all those are super unsexy. But if you have this sexy, fun, amazing goal of, you know, we want to continue to lead our industry. We want to be changing our industry. We want to, we want to hire our clients. We want to take a meaningful retreat with the company every year. We want to get everyone together twice a year. I mean, we'll set those goals and then we'll back up and we'll have tactics to those. And then everyone knows right. by doing this, it gets you this, which is a metric for this, which then tells us if we can, you know, go whatever, whatever it is, whatever that, that thing is. And that I've even started applying those, you know, in my own life, like, if I want a house 
that's bigger or better or in that neighborhood. And I know it costs a little bit more Then we need to do this. We need to cut this out. Like there's all those like tactics that I think are, are better. And it's what pisses most people off about working in my experience is, um, having things that are tactics, having these have tos and musts placed on your head, then you don't know why it's just like, it's the importance of why, right? It's like, well, yeah, you have to be able to point to something and say, here's how it shakes out. And not everybody's going to be in that conversation when it first happens, right? Like we are we're a team of seven right now. We'll all get together. We'll sit down. We'll all know it. But when number eight comes in, they're not going to know. Yeah. And we've got to, we've got to tell them, we've got to show them. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point of like the, this trip to Iceland sounds amazing, right? And, and maybe that does become the, the, the reward and, and the, the outreach, the goal that we want, right? Like that would be amazing. Um, and, and then there are other expectations around it, right? Because it can't just be the financial side. Otherwise we could probably become one of those like one on one on one or, you know, just start ripping out sites and <laughs> banner ads and crap. Cause there's gotta be something where we're also staying true to ourselves. Right. Yep. And so, so that's where we have to make sure that, those goals are, are, are multifaceted. Yeah. And, but, but you're absolutely right. Because if we, if we don't get the profit, if we don't get the money, if we aren't targeting some way to really reward ourselves, well, we're going to be out of business anyway. <laughs> so it's like, good news guys, we're going to Iceland, but we don't know how we're getting back. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that kind of a goal is great. And then, and then once you have it, right, like you've set the process and the structure and, and you understand your role, you understand what you're doing and you see this crazy goal that you're going to go for, then it's all about communication and, and it's all about constantly talking about what's expected and reviewing it with individuals as well as the team and, and making sure that it's just an ongoing conversation because the expectations are going to shift and change. And if you don't pay attention to it, if somebody's job is not to keep up with it, then it's going to get away from you and, and you're going to get frustration and you're going to get people who get disengaged. You're probably going to have people that leave. And it's not just about documenting it, but documenting the expectations is really important too. Right. And, and I think one of the things we'll find as we get through the plan is that there are expectations that should be more verbal in nature and some that should be more written in nature and some that should be a weekly conversation. Yep. Right. And, and that'll just be the nature of it. But, but overall, as, as we go through this, I'm excited to come back on friendly fire and start saying, okay, here's how we laid out the plan. Here are the mistakes that we're making. Here's what's going really well. And for those that are listening, you know, play along, you know, I mean, if, if you're in a position where you can start setting the expectations for your company or, and, and I think everybody can, if they're not being set, right. Unless you're just in some shithole, um, you should be able to, to explain this is going to benefit everyone because we'll all be more engaged and we'll be happier and clients will feel it. Right. And that, that's one thing we didn't talk about today, but expectations is also between the client and the company. And I think in my, I know in my experience, and I think we'll see this moving forward when a prospect comes in and is talking with us and everybody seems to know what's expected, man, that's a comfort level, right? Oh yeah. Doesn't that just make the, the, the process of bringing them into the company so much easier? Yeah. I mean, especially like, because it is that, I mean, it becomes organic. It becomes like natural to go like, that's the thing, right? 
what you don't want is for someone to come in and go, Hey, how do we do this? Like, I don't know. Like you want everyone to know so that they continue, people continue to hold each other accountable. And you know, like one that we've been really, it's one that I missed, but one that is really important to me. And I think one that's really important to the excellence bar is how we present work to a client, right? I've got five Mm -hmm. or six things. And those include the way that we put them into the tool we're presenting it. Like it's all, it's all in there, right? It's all, it's all inclusive, but that's the thing that's crazy about it is nobody knows. And so when we get a new designer in, or let's say it's our current designer and project manager and the designer is working with the project manager, the project manager is like, Oh, I thought we said we were always going to do this because everyone knows the same expectation. People start holding each other accountable. And there is something great about, yeah, when they come in just watching and learning and the thing we're going to have to watch. And this is, I've, I've always been on the other side of it. Um, I've only once ever been on this side of it previously, but people are going to start shifting from saying what is expected of me to why is that expected of me? And -hmm. I think we've got to make sure that as we're setting the, the what and the why that's communicated in a way so that when they go, okay, yeah, I know it's expected. I mean, I know why we do it that way, you know? Right. And and they should, and initially they'll be part of that conversation. So, well, okay. Is there a better way? Um, you know, what are the benefits of that way versus the way we've been doing it? And, and the other part that, that we haven't really touched on, which is critical is repercussions. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to talk openly about, okay, well, what if you don't present that correctly? You know, what happens if we don't meet this budget requirement or whatever? And, and that's a whole nother thing. I mean, I think budgets and timelines are a, a great path to mediocrity, right? Like if, if you let them rule the day, and, and again, that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother podcast. But I think understanding repercussions and how we're going to respond when something goes wrong is just as important as talking about what is expected. So that's got to be that's got to be worked in as well. Yeah, and I feel like that adds like a certain level of job security um, because the worst thing is, and I'm sure everyone's been there. I, I you know I've gotten in trouble for things where you're like, well, I I didn't even know that was mine. I didn't know that was expected of me. I didn't know that yep. was mine to own. And so then you get on a performance plan. But the thing is, is you know you never want to talk about that. But if it does get to a point where someone's not performing and it's not working if you haven't clearly set the expectation of what their job is, you you're to blame just as much as they are. Absolutely. And so it's one of those things that I'm not saying let's do that so we can fire somebody, but, um, instead it's more that conversation of if things aren't working out, everyone knows the expectation. You can identify you missed this expectation. Let's work on that expectation versus going, it's just not working out. It's just not. And company wide people know. Yeah. Yeah, Company wide people know these were the expectations. They weren't met you know, for this reason or that reason. And, and then you can have an open conversation and it's not blindsiding anybody. Yeah. It's something, if, if you have the right conversations publicly, which you should in a transparent company, then everybody understands it. And, and interestingly with the, the career I had before starting engine, right? The full service agency career. One of the things that I remember my boss saying, and she was so smart, but I remember her saying, we all left this table it was like 10 of us. And we all said, okay, that's what we're going to do. And we got up and left and she called everybody back in and she goes, okay, who's going to do it. <laughs> and we all just stared at each other. Cause she just went, I'm not going to be the one I do everything else. It's like, we, we agreed we are going to do it. I want to put names on a board next to the parts that are getting done. And you know what? So often with the best of intentions, we leave a meeting because we're out of time or because it feels like we're at a high note. And the reality is you got to assign stuff, yeah. man. 
and that's another huge part of of expectations. So, so I'm excited. I, I, you know, I'm always excited. I always say, "Hey, everybody, how are you?" I'm excited, but it's because I am, and everybody needs to calm down. I'm <laughs> gonna be fine. I'm just, you know, I've got a high metabolism. Well, and it's um, it's one of those things too that I'm I'm excited as well, and I'm I'm encouraged because we've identified things that people are telling us, and I think we're addressing them we have a plan and we know why Mm -hmm. and you know i always harp on the importance of why and it's important in customer experience design it's important in everything but as a leader it's important to know why you're doing things i'm excited because we know what we're doing and like i know i know we've got to work on and i know i I have a feeling that you know when we get to the other side of it i I know kind of what that's going to feel like and and it's just gonna people will be happier people will be more engaged um I'm excited about that. I'm excited about real impact, right? Like I've said, mm-hmm. I'm a problem solver, man. I like solving problems. Um, I enjoy doing it with design development, but like at the core, I'm a problem solver and this is a problem and we're solving it. And I get to do it with you. Here's everyone. We're going to go back into a little bit of the man love the, the here, but I'm excited to do it with you because you, you care about it as much as I do, but you focus on it in a way that's different. And, and together, I feel like we're going to be able to approach more of the problem and handle more of it rather mm-hmm. than it's just like me. Let me go make sure our handbook's up to date. You know, <laughs> and you're like, let me make sure that everyone's happy. Like together, I think we're going to do – I think it's going to be great. I'm excited to report back. I, I like that Friendly Fire has become an accountability measure to a certain degree for me. Oh, it has for you me. Know, and so I'm excited to come back and report back to you guys. Um, and as always, I and mean, we want to hear what you want to know. If if we were too broad on a subject, I mean, we'll share whatever. But this is real. This is what we're facing right now. And it's important. And we didn't get emotional or upset or fall in love or complain about our home lives or any of that stuff. I know <laughs> some of you guys are into that. Yeah, well, we'll bring back a couple of special emotional episodes. But but next week, we're, we're pulling the whole team together. We're going to sit down for a couple of hours. And it'll be the first of, I'm sure, many um, meetings where we just talk about expectations it's not even a meeting, really. I think it's just a conversation that we're going to have and, and start documenting. And so we'll we'll bring you up to speed on that as well. But Ben, I think that's it for the expectations episode. What do you think? Uh, just as long as everyone had their expectations set of what's coming up, and we're trying. Yeah, I know. I think you know. And and if not, I think it's feedback for them. Oh, yeah, it's a uh, well, uh, it's two way street, two way street, Carl. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care, guys. design because that would be pixels off and crap I was like I was so irritated with this I was like yes Carl I know I shouldn't be doing this I shouldn't I don't want to um Okay. I can't breathe. I'm dying. <laughs> it feels like that's accurate. It feels like that's accurate. That's that feels like what a content management system's for. Um that's, that's the longest explanation of, of I don't know what. Just it feels like that's accurate. I don't know what that means. It's that's. Are you running for president? It feels like that's it feels accurate. Like that's accurate. There's like there's no side of that statement somebody can disagree. <laughs> with.
<laughs> now I feel like that's not accurate. Well, it's a feeling. <laughs> <laughs>